and welcome back to a new episode of Kayfabe Comparisons. It's your boy Wex breaking the loss on, on a historical day, one of the greatest days of the year. And today is uh, March 16th, a.k.a. 316 Stone Code Day. And we got some special guests with us today, Miss Jessica Rosenberg, along with the classic Kayfabe boy, Jesse Baker. And uh, our boy Daniel is out uh, under the weather a bit, but we're going to have a good ass episode today. How y'all feeling today? Miss Jessica? It's impossible to feel bad on Stone Cold Day. That's right. You just got to stun them bad feelings right out of their boots. I'm into it. I'm excited. I mean, who doesn't like talking about beer? Who doesn't like discussing Stone Cold? You know what I mean? Like, uh, bought me a little four pack of that Broken Skull IPA to get it going tonight. That's right. That's right. That's right. I don't think on the news front there's a ton of stuff. Uh, Dynamite was pretty good from Winnipeg. It was good. MJF's rebar mitzvah and you know, the four pillars interaction there and a little bit of a uh, teaming up between Kenny Omega and Jericho during that nine person trios title match a couple mm. of times. That was something else. Got to get those pops from the Winnipeg crowd, you know, Taya Valkyrie making her AEW debut and great in signing. Ring. Yeah. In ring I, that's news to me. I didn't get to watch. That's amazing. I love her. I think that, I think it's a great addition for them. Hopefully, it's not just like a couple and done kind of thing. It'd be cool if she was actually there. But no, she yeah. got yeah. No, uh, Khan officially announced her as All Elite signed. Good stuff. Nice. I like it. I could see her being the one to actually take Jade Cargill down. It'll be a legitimate opponent to do it. Makes sense. Makes sense. And they have the same finisher. So. And they're, uh, I mean, honestly, I've never seen them face to face. They were like eye to eye. Like, yeah. So. It was, that's what we call a coup. It was a really good move for AEW. I then like other that. than that, Wrestling World, couple of bits of Hall of Fame news. We got old Ray Ray, Ray Mysterio going in, being inducted by Conan, which is very, very fitting. We got Great Muda going in, being reducted by the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Oh, great classic NWA opponent. Little surprising, given all the drama with WWE and Flair, but hey, you know. We always knew he was gonna go back sometime. So is what it is. There's some other rumors and other stuff out there, but we got to remember why we're here. Yeah, and that is of course. Stone Cold Day. Let me tell you something right here. This is the best goddamn day of the year, 316. And we're actually going to get into our, we obviously said top five favorite matches, but Stone Cold goes beyond just, just wrestling. So we decided this week we're going to do our top five favorite Stone Cold moments. Because okay. moments go beyond matches and everything. Because Stone Cold has tran- transcended wrestling and just he's he's his own fucking entity. The GOAT, one of the greatest wrestlers, personalities, anything. It's the dude who got me into wrestling. But let's go ahead and start this off. I'm going to go ahead and shoot it to Jessica to hit that number five. Uh, start off with your number five and your top favorite Stone Cold moments of all time. So um, when I was thinking – of, like it's 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 not really going to be in super order, but I have to start somewhere because there's just so many moments. Because when you think about it, it's like if you were around our age, like that, like was watching the Attitude Era growing up, like this is your you know your iconic your icon, like way up there with you know the like bygone days where that might have been Ric Flair. Or Hulk Hogan for, like, people older than us. But yeah. I digress. So, like, in 2001, 
The Rock and Stone Cold were shooting a, like, in-ring kind of, like, promo to get ready for the pay-per-view of that weekend. Um, And they have to, like, kill all this time, and they're just kind of doing it live. Uh, Stone Cold sings Delta Dawn, which was (laughs) amazing. It was so funny. And then, you know, the Rock starts singing, and then they're going to do a duet, right? So, um, Stone Cold starts singing Margaritaville and they ad lib it at the end. And then The Rock kicks Stone Cold's ass. And then Kurt Angle comes out and then Chris Jericho comes out because it was setting up, um, you know, the F versus the Alliance, um, which was that whole thing. That's on my list a little bit later, too. But, um, that to me, like, it was just so funny because he, uh, he was like, let me warm my voice up. And he's like, ah, 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 you know, doing dude, like so God damn it, I love it. And it was so good. That's that's definitely like a core memory. Hey, I'm right there with you. That's a fucking great moment. One of the classic moments of Stone Cold and The Rock. Because without st- – you got to have Stone Cold. You got to have The Rock for both of them to exist. So that, that that's yeah. an all-time fucking later classic moment between them two. I have to agree. I'm going to jump in with my number five, I do believe, right here. And I'm rolling with Royal Rumble 1997, where Stone Cold is very heavily and very obviously on the rise. This is like right before we get that classic Mania match between him and Brett. And he's in there for like 45 minutes plus. He's just annihilating every fucking body. And if we remember correctly, he gets eliminated, but the ref doesn't notice it. Oh, yeah. He makes back in, and that's how he winds up, you know, eliminating several other people. And that, to me, was just such a definitive moment for his character and the path that he was on at that time, leading up to that double turn and figuring out how he was ingraining that character to the fans with so much extra identity. And to me, that was an exemplary, perfect Attitude Era, Stone Cold Steve Austin moment. Hey. I totally agree. That's uh, one of my cl- classic moments going back and watching all the DVDs, VHS, as many documentaries that have a Stone Code. Because mm-hmm. unfortunately, I wasn't watching Stone Code at that point because I was a little bit too young because uh, I'm a little bit younger than you guys. Uh, not not by too much. Just just like one slight generation before. So coming in at number five for me, uh, this happened uh, on July 16th, 2001. It was during the Alliance thing, and – it was basically a big Royal Rumble brawl type thing with the Alliance versus uh, the WWF guys, and Stone Cold made his return and came in the ring and fucking stunned every single person. It, it was, didn't matter. He was cleaning fucking house, and that pop, JR, fucking having an orgasm on commentary, that was one of the greatest st- – I remember watching that shit live on fucking TNN, not even TNT or UP or, uh USA, but it was a TNN, formerly the Nashville Network, as you guys know. But goddamn, that's such a great moment. Him just coming back, even though he had that whack-ass Disturbed theme, that pop, dude. And JR's like, oh, my God, it's Austin. He's back. And he just came and cleaned the fucking clean house. It's a classic moment. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, I guess we're into number fours. Miss Rosenberg, what you got? So um, I'm going to switch it up because – so I had your uh, 
your five wax on a little bit higher up, but there's some details that I could talk about because that that's that whole match is insane. So number four, probably 1996 King of the Ring, where he beat Jake the Snake and. Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass is born. And we are in the 316 era. Legend. That one I love so much, mostly because of what led up to that match the night of. Like him getting his mouth busted open and having to get stitches and then having to figure out what was going on in the show. And then just off the cuff rattles that legendary just identity maker promo out there. Like what a chef's kiss moment that is. Right? I mean, Just fucking sweet. That was, you know, being able to see him not be the ringmaster officially anymore was a good thing. A very good thing. It's Mind so of- fucking classic. You sit there, you thumping your Bible, and it got you nowhere. Uh, I love it. It's just, it, it chills still. But. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go with my number four. I'm going to have to say, not the first what promo, which was also really good. But the one where he's ragging on Vince and Booker T on Raw, and this is right after he's lost the title. Vengeance two, like, right after Vengeance 2001. That's also on my list, but yeah. ro- roll it off, baby. Chasing, chasing him on down there, and I just the whole bit about the cheeseburgers and the tequila and the margaritas and the beers and that whole bit. I mean, like, you can't – that, especially for when it happened, it's just such a great moment in television wrestling because it's like you know that Stone Cold is going to be entertaining when he comes out there. But that particular thing and seeing the organic reaction of the crowd and the louder and louder and louder they go to pop, and you're like, who else can literally just take a word like that first and turn it into this legendary T-shirt machine fucking thing that's still sometimes annoyingly chanted to this day, whether he's involved in it or not? To me, that moment was like, what a fucking good entertainer. You know what I mean? Totally. Dude, I understand that's literally – I mean it was higher on my list, so I'm going to uh, switch it up because Stone Cold has so many moments. But literally this is one of like the most classic defining like me as an adolescence like Stone Cold promos. Like I used to watch this on YouTube religiously. Like when YouTube started in like 06, 07, like this was the video. Like, oh, let's watch that Stone Cold what promo. Oh, yeah. And it's just so – it's it's so good on so many different levels like – just like you said, it wasn't the first what promo, but it's like the most iconic, like, holy shit. And some of my stuff and my t- higher stuff, that promo led into the, some of the greatest moments ever. I mean, that is literally so legendary. The Sonic Drive-In. I mean, you, I could go on for hours about how, like, that pr- promo defined a whole period of my life. But, yeah, I love that shit. I, I was just undeniably excellent, and I that was an era of his promos that I just couldn't get enough of. No. So the good. Time. The whole time. So, Wex, what's your next moment? All right. Uh, coming in at number four, um, it's specifically a moment on the Stone Cold Hell Yeah VHS. Later released a DVD, then edited. But I have the original VHS, and Stone Cold – it's rated TV-14, by the way. But this motherfucker is driving down the highway – no shirt on, going about 80, drinking a beer, going, goddamn slow drivers stay in the right lane, fast drivers in the left lane. Simple fucking concept to remember, am I right? <laughs> and 
he's just getting it. And it's supposed to be TV 14 and he's out there and he's just talking about like his theme song. He's like, you know, I listen to some Rage Against the Machine, like a little bit of, uh, you know, got some Dio influence in there. And it's just, it's, just, it's, it's pure, just like genuine Steve Austin at his core. And he's drunk driving with no shirt on raising hell in 1996. And, like I said, the later DVD releases have since been edited, but if you have the original Hell Yeah VHS, it's pure, unfiltered, stone cold. One of the best lines in there, he's like, talk about the smoking skull belt. And he's like, you know, it was my way to say, fuck you to Vince McMahon and the WWF. And it's so, just so good. You got fucks, you got beers, drunk driving, great shit. Number four for me, Hell Yeah VHS in its entirety. And you'll also hear the Hardy Boys theme song in there just as like a promo for a pay-per-view. Yeah, that uh, open source, free use music that, I mean, NBC used that shit all the time. Fucking MTV and VH1 both used it all the time. That music was everywhere. That's why it was very easy for Tony Khan to secure that shit. But uh, hell yeah, Stone Cold, hell yeah, VHS. Go check it out if you have it. Maybe it's on YouTube. I don't know, but it's a good watch. But you have to watch the original version. OG, baby. Only way to do it. Ms. Rosenberg, I believe we're down into top three. Top three. So my number three was the um, Austin's return in the uh, Team WWF versus um, Team Alliance. Uh, So I'm going to switch it up, but I want to add a little bit. What made it so great is that he, he wasn't anywhere to be seen and he pulls up in this giant fucking black truck hops out with a fucking uh, pool stick starts beating the shit out of the people fighting outside makes his way inside and uses the pool stick until it breaks grabs two guys that are just inside the arena one of them like hits the concrete really hard I can't remember who it was um, and then He just, like, saunters and, like, slowly, like, does his, like, little walk to his song down and then kind of revs up, rolls into the ring, and then it's just stunner after stunner after stunner after stunner. And, I mean, he had to have done, like, 20 stunners during that thing and, like, knocked all of them out. And I think that might be the match with the most stunners, or I could be wrong, but, like, there it was just – Endless stunners. But to my actual number three, now that I'm switching it up, um, Pillman's got a gun. <laughs> oh, my God. I literally just forgot about that till you brought that up. So yeah, good. It's so good because, um, you know, they're like best friends. We're best friends in real life. R.I.P. Pillman, um, who passed away of a heart attack at 35, which is insane because I just turned 38. Um, and so anyway, so. They, he like the prior, he like fucks up Pillman's ankle, um, and then goes to his house and like, there's two guys outside, beats the guys up outside, tosses them into junior's kiddie pool, throw, breaks all of the kids shit, uh, Pillman junior and, uh, breaks into the house and just starts beating the shit out of him. It's great. It's classic. Um, Pillman's got a gun literally. So like right before it cuts out. You you see him and his horrible trigger discipline, and then it fades out. Um, classic, iconic, amazing. Um, 
Little side fact, the necklace that Stone Cold wears around his neck was given to him by Pillman when they were dressing together as the um, Hollywood Blondes. Oh, my God. The Hollywood Blondes, yeah. And um, he still wears it to this day. Like, as he went on, like, that became his thing because he said it made him feel like Pillman was with him still, which I thought was amazing. That's also why I always wore a little fake Cuban links to be like Stone Cold. There you go. It My boyfriend has real sense. ones, so. <laughs> I love it. That all makes sense. That moment is definitely on my list. Um, again, switching it up. We're playing a little bit of uh, Rochambeau here with this stuff. But I got to say, the nature of that promo and the perceived realism behind how those two guys pulled it off was such a tone setter for what WWF was doing at the time. And I legitimately remember people like watching the show and going and talking about it the next day at school and being like, Okay, so what the fuck, though? Like, how real was that? You know what I mean? Like, Owen Hart asks for a little prayer for Pillman's family the following week on Raw. Like, it was fucking just such a beautiful moment, in my opinion. But for my top three, I'm going to have to start out with one that is purely kind of for comedic effect. But one big thing that nobody really counted on was Eric Bischoff walking out on Monday Night Raw. And being such a big part of the show as a GM figure, as an authority figure for as long as he was. And of course, at this time, he's only an on-air talent. He's not actually doing anything in the back. But the segments between him and Stone Cold, not only legendary, but the burping contest. Where there's like pre-recorded long-ass burps, but it's just so hokey. But at the same time, it was one of those moments where you just like... You see Stone Cold playing around a little bit and like being able to piss the character of Eric Bischoff off. Like, real, real, real bad. But the whole thing just had that tone of, like, who's really running the show here? It's fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, to be able, to, right. have, to, be able to be able to have a burping contest on national television on the longest-running episodic television show in literal history and just have it be a fucking award-winning segment is insane to me. But I just – I got to give it up. Belching contest. I love that. I Hell would yeah. have a beer and burp with Stone Cold any day. Hell yeah. Got that broken skull right here. But uh, coming in at number three for me, obviously it's been switched around a little bit because I did have that what post-Vengeance 2001 promo, but it was also neck and neck with another thing and sort of two segments, but I'm going to put them together, and that's just Stone Cold versus Booker T, whether it's the grocery store or in church. But both of those segments, even though church was split out throughout the night and the grocery store was one thing that led from the Vengeance 2001 promo, and goddamn, that's some of the funniest shit ever. Like, like him busting out, him, him busting out of the milk thing, just <laughs> it, like him putting pampers on Booker T. Booker T running around the church, the bingo game at church, and he's like, "A as in Austin, three sixteen. <laughs> Booker T doing the confessional and Stone Cold. He goes. He goes, he, uh, Booker T asked him, he goes, all right, son, uh, what sins you want to confess? He goes, well, I ain't sin, but I'm a bouncer. It's going to be bad, real bad. <laughs> so good. Just so fucking classic. Booker T, Stone Cold, one of the most underrated feuds ever. I think some of the best shit ever. Got the comedy, the in-ring work was good, but just the promos and everything leaned up to it. And then the shots of Vince backstage, like, during all that, like, it would show him, like, on the phone, like, looking so, like, oh, oh, my. Oh my god, it's but like so good. Just that whole dynamic there, even though he wasn't the world title pitcher, it was still just 
great Austin shit. I love it. I mean, Booker T, Stone Cold, like I said, one of the best feuds he ever had. Undoubtedly. And you got to give that feud credit for really getting Booker T to be like the only guy that came over during the initial invasion to really get anywhere with WWF. He's the only guy that they didn't get like buried and treated like shit. I mean, we can say later with Triple H, but uh, at that moment he was doing good. That's true. That's very true. We're into the terrible twos. I just want to also say for a moment. Do what now? Oh, no. I think we got you. We got you. Maybe. Maybe. Now, now she now. Now she stopped. Row, row. Uh, I mean, That's Vince no- McMahon and Booker T screw Stone Code. Yeah. <laughs> Did they screw Stone Code? Oh, hell yeah. I said Vince McMahon and Booker T screwed Stone Cold. Well, if we're switching around the order just a little bit here while we sort out some technical difficulties, I guess I'll go ahead and go into my number two moment, which I got to say the entire match at WrestleMania 13 between Brett the Hitman Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like I've already referred to it earlier, the masterful storytelling, the masterful submission stuff, the way the match ends, and who's ever going to forget that iconic image of Stone Cold's face with blood just pouring down it as he refuses to give in to the man until he literally has no choice. It was so good for Stone Cold, but you really can't ever underrate how good it was for Brett. I mean, it was absolutely – his career needed that shot in the arm so bad. That's why he wanted to work with Stone Cold in the first place because he knew that that's how it was going to be. And I know he's not with the company for very much longer after this, but this match still huge, huge, huge deal. Talk about being able to turn a guy like Brett Hitman Hart into like a person that the crowd fucking hates. I don't think yeah. anybody really saw that coming. Hey, my favorite Bret Hart match of all time. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, it'd be hard to top. I got to say it'd be hard to top. But in terms of hard to top, we want to roll back for a number two Stone Cold moment to Miss Jessica. We have the same number two. Uh oh. Whoa, that's a good one. That's a fucking good one. Um, it's just that that damn crimson mask is iconic. It's talked about all the time. And you also didn't really Probably. see Brett like he didn't really wrestle tough matches for the most. Yeah. Part. And this was like a brutal fucking fight, but also a technical masterpiece. Yeah, absolutely. Like there I think when people think of wrestling, I mean that's probably I would even venture to say one of like the top 5 matches of all time just because of how like gruesome it looked and how he didn't actually tap out. You know what I mean? Like Passing out, I agree. Puddle your own blood. Hey, I agree. It's in my top three of all time. So, excellent, excellent, excellent stuff. Speaking of top things, top two, Mr. Lawson. All right, uh, my top number two Stone Cold moment. It's over a whole episode of Thursday Night SmackDown on UPN, where Stone Cold is hunting Degeneration X. <laughs> He's uh, going through and 
basically hunting each member in every different way. And then the the thing is like the end of the mat, end of the show, he gets them all in the ring, puts them in the thing, and traps them. But like the end of the show is quintessential pro, my childhood pro wrestling. Every fucking body comes out from the back, and it's like a brawl. It's like, oh my god, it's Kane. It's the under-. like it doesn't make any sense why all these people are out there, but it's just. It just gives me like the classic nostalgia pro wrestling, Stone Cold's raising hell, everybody's brawling for no reason. Like the entire episode, like DX, Stone Cold, Kane, Undertaker, like that's my fucking childhood combined into one. And that's such a good episode. I don't know if it's on the network, you can go back or look at it on Peacock, but the Stone Cold, SmackDown, UPN, 1999, Hunting Down DX, one of the greatest episodes of wrestling of all time. And just the ending is just so quintessential attitude era wrestling. Like you get Undertaker, Kane. I think you even get too cool. Maybe, like everybody's out there at that point. It's just a fucking crazy brawl. Such a good memory in my mind for pro wrestling. Stone Code, hunting down DX, trapping him in the thing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Was was that before or after him and Triple H doing the like three level hell? match thing pretty oh, sure before that was right before because that was like when he was leading in the feud with dx and the triple h yeah yeah okay because that was the first year of smackdown because i didn't have cable and i had upn so i was like locked in at that point we had oh, i remember yeah. smackdown <laughs> and the pjs the pjs Jeez. remember that that was a good one a little claymation show oh yeah oh yeah the pjs i love pjs i like wearing pjs but now we're on to number ones. And Jessica, we're going to snake draft this shit and roll back to you. The number one Jessica Rosenberg personal favorite moment of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I'm going to branch out of how long a moment can be. Um, so it's really, really hard to pick out one specific moment of his infamous feud with Vince. Oh, yeah. It, the, you know, McMahon and him working and having that feud was is some of the best, like, wrestling TV to exist. It was really smart. It was just great. Um I think the two that if I had to like pull out of that moment of that time would be um, McMahon in the hospital and uh, Dr. Austin comes over and pulls all the shit off, starts beating him up. And I laugh every time he smacks him over the head with a fucking bedpan. Yeah. Classic. And it's just, <laughs> it's just perfect. It's like slapstick wrestling, but it, it still looks kind of brutal. Like it's amazing. And then, um, probably special shout out to last year's WrestleMania where the moment we were all waiting for forever, where I probably popped harder than I've ever popped in my life. You know, just uh, it was so good to see him back in that ring and stun. Old Vince Taking Poo. suplexes on the concrete. That's all mm. I'm saying. Fucking badass. It's a gnarly. Badass. It was also refreshing to see the relationship between him and the ringside beer pitcher. 
because <laughs> literally just the one signal beer, one signal beer, and it was so smooth, and it was like, fuck, I wish this was on my TV. Didn't miss. Hey, he's a fucking vet. So good, so good. I love that. Uh, my number one is kind of cheap, but it defined an entire turning point for WWF, in fact, an entire turning point for wrestling, which would be the Monday Night Raw confrontation between Stone Cold Steve Austin and the baddest man on the planet, Mike Tyson. Oh, dude, that ah, that was almost on my list. It barely fucking made it off. It was so much good shit, but yeah, I agree. That's you a good number about one. A true crossover moment in terms of just pop culture and mainstream media because everybody was talking about that shit the next day. And all of a sudden, even if you hadn't watched much wrestling, you might have maybe tertiarily known who Stone Cold was just by seeing him on TV a couple times here and there. But at that point in time, while he's on his chase to get the world title finally, and he's about to do a Mania main event against HBK, of all people, how could you wish for be in a better position, first of all? Except when you add this Mike Tyson thing into it, all of a sudden, we're no longer worrying about WCW. We're no longer worrying about if the NWO angle is still stealing viewers or anything. This turned the tide for WWF, an immense moment in Stone Cold's career. And honestly, if you're talking about a guy like Tyson— I don't know who else they had in the company at the time and maybe ever that really could have gotten that kind of reaction and that believability out of that whole thing. So that's my number one. Hey, dude, uh, that's one of the that's one of the best promos of shit of all time. The best part of it is when he just goes, I want a piece of Mike Tyson's ass. <laughs> goes, Shut up. You sit there with your baby little eyes. Yeah. Locked onto the eyes of the world's toughest son of a bitch. That's that that's that's nut levels right there. That's all all time classic. That's a uh, for everyone listening to this the next day or whenever. Um, Wex also just looks like Stone Cold today. Got I the goatee yep. shaved head, and it makes the impression even better. I'm really going to make sure he posts some of these clips to TikTok so everybody yeah. can see it. I will. I have not been on my TikTok shit, but for this specifically for 316, we got to do it. We got to get it on there. That's right. And I do not normally rock a goatee just for today. It'll definitely be shaved tonight. <laughs> it's uh, perfect. Yeah, I definitely did it for Stone Code today. And if we're going to roll into it, going into the number the number one for your boy Wex breaking the loss in uh, – it's arguably, in my opinion, I don't know about y'all, the greatest Stone Cold promo of all time, and it's his Royal Rumble pro, his Royal Rumble promo, uh, two thousand one, two thousand two, uh, when Triple H was returning. Oh yeah, it was with Michael Cole, and look this up on YouTube. It's arguably the greatest Stone Cold promo ever. The whole time he's grabbing Michael Cole by the neck, just jerking him back and forth the entire time, and. He tells a story about him going to the bar, drinking, and his whole strategy is that he's going to drink a bunch of beer to get his beer belly because he's going to have a lower center of gravity, and no one's going to be able to toss him over the top rope. And the entire thing is great. He just keeps locking in. He's like, I look at the bartender, and I said, what? And, he, and it, it locks you in. It's, it's so good. And he starts talking about Triple H. He goes, he's the game. He's that damn good. He's great. He's phenomenal. And he's like, he can do all the – Bend over rows, tricep extensions, squats. He squats so intensely. I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. Me and my friends, all my friends from the neighborhood growing up that love wrestling, we would 
and the infant the infancy of YouTube is go back and watch that promo over and fucking over again. It was just so funny. We would just get fucking high as shit and just laugh at Stone Cold's comedic genius and that whole thing. And from the top to the bottom, it's like a it's like a five minute promo, but it is arguably one of the funniest Stone Cold promos of all time. He's hitting he's hitting you everywhere. He's just like that bar. He he starts talking about how he's whooping everybody's ass. He's tossing them out of the bar one by one. The bartender he looked at me. He said Stone Cold, Stone Cold. Then I looked at him and I said, What? It's just so fucking good. I okay. tell everybody to go advise you go watch this promo. One of the like, like I said, the greatest just hits you with the the good. Like he's a badass. Hits you with the funny shit. He hits you with everything in this promo. He's jerking Michael Cole around. It's it's fucking genius. It's perfect. Any of my homies, you got Elbow, Andy Bretts, any of the homies from the neighborhood listening to this used to watch this. This was our shit. It's the embodiment of pure – the pure essence of Stone Cold Steve Austin. I absolutely love it. It's great. And, I mean, him jerking around Michael Cole, that – that them playing off each other ever was always amazing. But that's uh, – It goes down to the what, 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 what a burger. Like <laughs> – I mean, I think it's inarguable here. Obviously, we're doing a tribute to the man, but – Gotta say, like, just the legacy of the dude. Uh, now there are rumors that he's still maybe likely to pop up at this year's WrestleMania and may get involved in some physicality again. Who knows? But, hey. Yeah. The way this man has been posting his workouts on the fucking internet, he's wrestling. He's fucking wrestling. He's doing something. So. He's at least giving a well, stunner or two. Him and, the, him and the wife are doing, like, an RV tour, like, either show or something and so that's why he's been like posting a lot of his like outdoor workouts because they're literally like in an rv traveling around the road like just doing i think the podcast that he does and maybe like a another like tv like reality thing i can't remember um exactly well the wife ain't deborah no more i don't think so no 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 it's a different wife it's not the english broad yeah, let's uh let's uh don't bring up Stone Cold's past with the English lady and Deborah and uh, some of the shit he did. Let's think of the modern Stone Cold who's maybe learned his lesson. I think. Yeah. That's well, fun. you know. Yeah, there's a re like. Well, you have to give her credit. She's the reason he is Stone Cold. Literally, the Stone Cold came from her. But yeah. you know, he was rough. People go through divorces. He's better now. He's great. He's doing great. Um. Uh, anybody want to say like a couple of honorable mentions? Cause I have some that I just can't not say. I mean, I think that means you should go first. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So, um, two wrestling, one non-wrestling related ones. I'll start with a non-wrestling rated one. Um, when he did, I think it was Buzzfeed or something like that. And he tries all those different alcohol drinks. Oh yeah. Classic. <laughs> the fruity drink. I, I've never laughed so hard at at stone cold i mean it's just you, you can tell like he's just he's fucking funny off the cuff i mean smart as a whip i mean just amazing um when he filled up the car with cement mm-hmm. and what's great about it is austin has this long running kind of gag i guess of driving things into the arena or onto the, you know, to almost into the ring. And I think that's just kind of cool. 
Um, but the favorite part about that is when, I think it was JR who's like, say man, say man, just the way that they were say talking with Yeah. Yeah. And then the windows busted out of it. Amazing. Wow. And then um one of my favorite things is when he was suspended, when Eric Bischoff suspended him, and the two security guards after he like basically saved JR. Um there's like two security guards with his hands, you know, their hands and uh, grabs him and he goes, careful, son, that's my drinking arm. And then the other guy grabs him and he's like, that's my other drinking arm. <laughs> and like just classic lines that are just like, you're so cool, dude. I would like to hang out with you. I'm going to quote you for the rest of my life. I mean, makes all the sense in the world to me. I'd have to say. Probably the biggest two honorable mention things to me. One, that was one of the first DVD documentaries that WWE put out of the retrospective of his career that I thought was just so excellently done. And giving his entire background from like the family stuff, but also his story about getting the Stone Cold name and finally settling on that is what made me watch documentaries and eventually the movie on the Iceman Richard Kuklinski. And if you haven't seen that movie, it's from 2012, Michael Shannon – you can watch it on like Tubi and Peacock and all kinds of shit for either free or if you have those things. But it's a really stellar film and a really cool story. And it was just so funny to see like how much more of a badass story do you get than somebody watching a movie about a notorious mob hitman and that's where he wants to get his name. I mean like it just makes so much sense. I know it came from T, but you know what I'm saying. But then other than that, you have to give Stone Cold credit for this art form that we're doing right here. The wrestling oh, yeah. podcast. Totally. Just the nature of – the explosive nature of how popular it got. His interviews are always entertaining. I don't care who the fuck they're with. They're always great. And obviously I like the wrestling ones, but I mean there's a bunch that aren't wrestling that are also fantastic. And then turns it into a show for WWE, Peacock, whatever you want to call it. And like the boundaries that he crossed over with guests on that show alone, like – Having Jericho on after Jericho's been in the competition company for, you know, since it started and stuff like that. Like, you couldn't get that out of anybody else. Like, who else is going to have a show on WWE Network where you literally have, like, probably the top name, quote unquote, in AEW? It just doesn't happen. So, yeah. Just, again, transcending other forms of media, that stuff, got to give it to the man. Yeah. I mean, modern Stone Cold, I mean, he's pretty fucking sick. He's obviously grown a lot more than from what he was in the past. He uh, obviously makes a great little uh, IPA, a lager, and a double IPA. And like you said, his podcast, like Stone Cold's original podcast, like pre-Broken Skull Sessions, had a lot of good shit on it. Like he just uh, – I mean one of my favorite things is him talking about the moon landing. He's like, how the fuck are you going to have a 65 lunar lander and do that shit? You can't do one with a 2012 one. Like <laughs> – <laughs> he's just uh he he's on he's in there he's having a good time he's you know just drinking beer with his bros having a great time and i enjoy the modern day stone cold like i said that wrestlemania match anything he's really been doing in the past like his tv shows and everything and one honorable mention all of you i'm sure will never forget tough enough he's like i shit my pants yeah we're, we're never gonna forget that that's all-time classic <laughs> You can still somehow be the most badass motherfucker on the planet while telling stories about shit in your pants. Like, well, I shit my pants. And you're like, okay, Stone Cold, great. I will not make that mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope but not. Hell yeah. I mean, 
I just want to say Stone Cold, the reason I love pro wrestling, the reason we're here today, the reason we're doing this for me, at least he's, he's my dude. He's all, he's the guy who got me hooked into pro wrestling. I loved a few little guys. Like I like some guys here and there before that, but Stone Cold's the one who was like, dude, this, this art form is fucking amazing. It's good, good, good stuff, and it's great that you know his quote led into him having a whole fucking day, which is awesome. Not a lot of wrestlers can say that either, but my one thing that I want to leave off with, hypothetically, and we pontificated on this prior on this podcast, but if he has a match at this year's Mania, who do you want it to be? Because I've got my answer, and it just makes well, me Well, then kind you of go curious. first. I would say for my money, I still, and this may sound wacky, but Stone Cold and Sami Zayn is a match that I would personally love to see. There's a way to get there with the story, except for Sami's involved with the Bloodline stuff. I'm fucking aware, but I just think that that match would do a lot for Sami, and it would wind up just psychologically being absolutely fucking killer. And Sami's such a good worker that Stone Cold would be able to make that into a legendary match, even not in the same spryest shape that he ever was in. So that's my vote. Okay. You got anybody, Jessica, who you think Stone Coach should face? I think it could get there. I agree. I would love to see Sammy just because it reminds me of when um, mankind was trying to get on Stone Cold's side, right? And like wanted to be tag team. Like it's very reminiscent of that. So if like KO and Sammy are doing something at WrestleMania somehow, because you know, you've got the KO connection from last year, like I, it's in the air. I could see it happening. And I think that would be really amazing. So I agree with Jesse. I agree. Those would both be good, but who I think right now will be the perfect person to put in that slot, even in a loss, that would still boost him up is L.A. Knight. That makes sense. I've heard that rumor, too. Exactly, and they're both good on the mic. Like, it could be some, yeah, what, yeah, (laughs) what? Like, Mm -hmm. it just writes itself. I could definitely get into that, man. And also, it would be great to see L.A. Knight get a rub like that, too, because so far— They've just ping-ponged him back and forth and not really done anything worth the fuck with him. He's still winning the crowd over either way. So that would be excellent, I think. And you really wouldn't need a build. Yeah. You just toss it in there randomly. And the fact, like you were talking about earlier, there's not really much in news. But, you know, Bray Wyatt is like MIA, you know, not really wrestling right now. They're saying it's a injury, whatever. But I think he's just uh, – I don't know. I think it's the biggest dud since Triple H's takeover. I heard it was creative. I heard well, that they, obviously, it's fucking crazy to get the goddamn Mountain Dew pitch black match. What's fucking sucked? Everything he's done since he's came back has sucked. I'm sorry, Bray Wyatt. Well, it's is like awesome. It's, it's 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 hard to think of that because you know he went through so much mentally to be even to come overcome all of that and to come back and then yeah. like and then Vince just pops back up, who was the main fucking hurdle, and then I understand. Yeah. I just want to know who thought Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt was ever a good idea in the first place. Now, apparently, it's not happening now. So, Who thought that Brock Lesnar and Omos was a good match? Oh, God. That's... So, it makes zero sense. Yeah. That'd be that like putting the great colleague against me. Shawn Michaels. It just doesn't make fucking any sense. I'm definitely not into it. I mean, again, I've said it once. I'll say it again. I like 
WWE in recent years with big events has managed to surprise me. And as much as I'm just like, eh, this sounds like fucking dismal shit on a stick that I don't want to watch on the television at all. But you never know. Something could pull out. I really have no idea. Hey, Johnny Knoxville surprised us last year and put on a hell of a match. So right. well, that's, that's all I will say. That's one of my favorite, favorite things that has come out of wrestling in like the last 10 years. Yeah, last WrestleMania, Stone Cold return, Johnny Knoxville, number one and two for me. Yeah, and I mean, I'll probably get to fucking go back and watch that Stone Cold return tonight just as like, a, hey, it's 316 day, let's put it on the fucking TV. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Watch- Dude, I've been watching Stone Cold shit all day. That's how Thank you gotta you. do it. That's how you gotta do it. Well, that probably does it for us on celebrating the Stone Coldness of 316 day. Um, we'll be back with something next week. Not entirely sure what's going to be, but we're going to figure it all out. We are heading into mania season, which as has been mentioned before is the end of this iteration of this podcast, but something will come up at some point in time until hey, then. Hey, you, you might, you might see all three of us pop off on something somewhere here in the next six to 10 months, but Hey, you never know. It'd be great. I think so. I think so. In the meantime, you can always find the show at kfabe.com on Twitter and Instagram. You can find it at kfabecompod on TikTok. You can find me at Jesse Baker Nash on pretty much anything probably that you wish to look me up for. Jessica, where can they find you, Miss special guest friend? On Twitter, you can find me at Peggy Hillfeet. On pretty much any other social media, you can find me as busty.shackleford. And in person, you can find me at the PPW Grand Prix on April 14th in Jeffersonville, Indiana with our boy Alex Kane. I'm so excited to see him wrestle live. It's going to be a good time. If you are in the Kentuckiana area, come on down. That sounds like a fucking blast. Mr. Lawson, where can they find you? You can always find your boy Wex breaking the loss and have Wex breaking the loss on all of your social medias. You know, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all that bullshit. But uh, that uh, that Indiana Alex Kane deal sounds like a fun time. And uh, I'm going to try to slide my way down there because it's not very far from about a three-hour drive if I'm uh, yeah, come on up. with my Louisville, Indiana travel. i got a few skate parks to hit on the way. Sounds like a good trip. I might try to get down there. But uh, holler at your boy. Hell yeah. Thanks, y'all. And we'll see you next week. Peace. Holla. Peace.